This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. It is the PowerCat Questions podcast, brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I'm Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gilbert. The whole gang is on hand today, except for Dude. I don't know where Dude. Dude went upstairs. Daphne's in here. The whole gang except one giant poodle. Oh, man. Our thoughts and prayers go out to our own Dr. J on the message boards. Brother, hang in there. He posted something personal up there on the boards. If you remember Wabash Station, you know what it's about. We are really thinking of you. And, um, yeah, we appreciate you thinking of Wabash Station as family that you would share such information. Man, I'll just say this. Cancer can bite my ass. Man, it's just not fun stuff to deal with. Trust me, and you're dealing with the worst of it. And speaking of the worst of it, Iowa State's coming to town. How was that for transition? Was that good? Mm-hmm. Yeah? No? Okay. Zach didn't fully approve of that mm. transition. Uh, three and two, the Cyclones. This game is so big for Iowa State. So Big for Iowa State. Hope we have some really good questions. Both teams are three and two heading into Saturday night, six thirty kick at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's going to be chilly. Zach, you got to take your uh, layered wear. Yep, from shorts to sweats. Forty-one degrees is the low on Saturday, on Saturday night. night. Yep. It's going to be like three a.m. though. Calm down. It'll be in the fifties, right? Yeah, it'll be cold, but like it's not going to be. The coldest. Plus, I saw the highs like 10 degrees higher than what yeah. it was yesterday. So, so a few we're weeks ago, right. it got to like 70, and I was wearing a pullover. And I was thinking, just think, the great thing about Kansas weather is in four months, this will be hot. You know and what now they say. it's cold. You know what they say. If you don't like the weather in Kansas, wait a minute. Yeah, wait. just wait a little bit. But we're in that, that uh, time of year in Kansas where you get all four seasons in one day. Was it second summer where it's like week long in October? False fall. False. Uh, that's my favorite one. False fall. And it does it. It mm-hmm. shows up like, hey, it's fall. Kidding. Now it's 100 degrees. Our segment sponsors are Tanners in the High Low. Make sure when you come to town on Saturday, you visit our sponsors. And if anything, make sure you support local businesses like Tanners, High Low, and of course, Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's really important to what Manhattan's about. You know, people always try to make comparisons with college towns, you know, whether it's Stillwater or Ames or uh, another college town came up recently. I was talking to someone about that is often compared to Manhattan in the similar state type ag school. And they said there's hardly any local restaurants. There's just hardly any places to go eat. Even there's not many franchises. It's just a whole different atmosphere. It's very strange. And I thought, well, maybe I should go open a business there. What's the city? Pullman. Hmm. Yep. Very, very strange. We have something special in Manhattan. Make sure you support it whenever you come to town. And it's going to be fun. I bet you Saturday Night's crowd is just electric. Well, by electric, I mean um, a drunk. <laughs> but aren't all football crowds drunk nowadays? So, Cole, I heard you went to the Chiefs game the other night and got in a fight. Is that you? Just because I'm wearing red does not mean I'm red extreme. You're not red extreme? No. You're not X Factor? Nope. Oh. You know, your name, Cole Carmody, you could say, like, you could spell Chiefs with two C's at the front and be like the Chiefs man with two C's. Would I be in the super fan community? I didn't know there was actually a super fan community 
until this incident between these two, uh, I, I'm not going to say it, these two super fans, it took place during the game Sunday night. It's it's incredible. There's a whole community apparently. But yeah, I, I think X Rexter stopped getting invited to the potlucks. <laughs> he kept bringing pot. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your questions from Wabash Station. I think Gills has it. Correct. Here we go. First question comes from Chris66204. How important is this game against Iowa State this weekend? I no. To Iowa State. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I totally got to leave that in. I'm going to bleep well, it out, but I man. It was a typo, so I assumed. No. That, okay. You know, it is yep. funny. We, we've. Focus on K-State. I talked about it in the walk and talk. um, This game's huge. I keep saying it. This game's huge. This game's huge. It it just feels like it's that kind of year. It has some added importance to it coming off the pandemic, third season of a head coach, all of that. But you're right. Um, Who who asked this question? Chris. Chris. Yeah, that was like 30 seconds ago. I can't remember that long. Um, Chris, it's huge for Iowa State. Well, first of all, their season's trashed already. I mean, they had... Dreams of a Big 12 title, of a top 10 finish, of getting in the playoffs. All those things were tangible for them, and they're all gone. Maybe not the Big 12 title. They can still resurrect that by going on a winning streak. But, but he this, listed their schedule off. But their team, their, this team is not playing consistent enough to accomplish it. And read that schedule. Cold, you still got it up around somewhere because this schedule is unbelievable. They've already lost to Baylor. Now they're coming to K-State. Keep in mind, K-State has gotten Oklahoma State and Oklahoma out of the way. So they've gotten two of the three toughest teams, maybe. I assume so. Maybe Baylor's in there. Maybe Iowa State's in there. I don't think so. Texas. But Texas is not until the very last game of the season. So now they have this incredible six-game in the middle. Meanwhile, Iowa State. They... Obviously, come to town to Manhattan and they play K State on Saturday night, and then they host Oklahoma State. For you know, by all intents and purposes, it's probably going to be undefeated going into that game. Um, I'm not sure they might have a bye week this week, actually, but obviously that's going to be another tough game. Then they have to go to Morgantown, which even though West Virginia might appear to be down, you still have to go into Morgantown. No easy task. And then they host Texas, so. That is a gauntlet. There's just no other way around it. So you you could feasibly say that they could lose all of those games. I mean, that's very realistic. It's incredible. They have to get their feet under them. And keep in mind, their three wins are a very unimpressive performance against Northern Iowa. And then they thumped a trash team from Nevada, Las Vegas, and a trash team from Kansas Lawrence. That's it. They haven't accomplished a damn thing this season. They've played two Decent opponents and lost. You and can, lost. You can make the argument that Iowa was, I mean, sure, they're number two in the country right now, but they weren't that good when they played Iowa State. Iowa did a lot of growing up in these last few weeks, and that was another home game to where people thought, hey, this is going to make us, Iowa State, the, the, the leaders in the Big 12, one of the best teams in the country. And it just went to show, I think, maybe what we all thought was, you're not as good as you thought you were. I was going to have two losses. This is way too early for anyone to be talking about playoff for them. I think the Big Ten is not very good this year. I think there's only one really good team in the country, and they're really good. And it's not Alabama. It's Georgia. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I saw this ridiculous story. Could the Big Ten and the SEC get two teams each in the playoff. Well, first of all, the the ability to do that is it, a lot, so many things have to fall in place. But I just don't see the committee doing it. Can, you want to get twelve teams sooner rather than later? Exclude three power fives from the fourteen playoff. You'll get it real fast. And oh, by the way, maybe if Cincinnati's you know eligible and still winning. And you leave them out too? Oh, you'll get the playoff real soon. If we want to talk about playoff. Playoff. If BYU goes undefeated and Cincinnati goes undefeated, BYU. I like the theory that BYU will actually have a much tougher schedule and they'll leapfrog Cincinnati. Yeah, there's one problem. They lost. They lost. Oh, did they yeah, lost? Was, was that this week? Yeah. Yep. No. At hey, all. I didn't. I didn't watch football this weekend. I watched Texas OU. And they had a, right, well. a quarter like K State did yeah, against Southern Illinois. They turned the ball over. You who was it? Why am I spacing out who it was? Boise. Was it after dark? No, it was in like it was like two thirty. That's right. Oh. It was Boise. It was Boise oh, at home. Just rewind mine. Because Boise. Boise's not very Cut good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so, uh, 
But yeah, they're they're good. BYU still would be in the upper half of this conference. I think they're twelfth in the country or something like that. Like they're still they're they're they could finish the season ranked in the top ten for sure. Yeah, it, I don't know, man. It, I see, I can't stop thinking about X Factor. I'm so worried about it. Just so worried about it. Mm. Is that my cue to move on? Yeah, let's move on. Next question from Imarica. What's the key to getting pressure on Purdy? Who needs to step up? Who's your pick for the surprise defensive player of the game if the Cats win? Crew Jackson. <laughs> so out of nowhere today, well, not out of nowhere. I think it was Derek Young asked him early on about who stood out here in the, you know, the, the younger players got mm-hmm. time in the off week. And he mentioned Crew Jackson kind of out of nowhere. And so I followed up later in the in the press conference, because I was a little curious, Crew came in. He's six foot six. I don't know if he really is. That's what he was listed at, and he came in as a safety. It just, it's a weird measurement. It doesn't make sense. And he had also mentioned Khalid Duke. Losing him makes it hard to replace what he brings to the table. They've got other DNs, but he could slide back to linebacker. And he he flat out said, "We kind of designed some of this defense." That, around a player like Khalid. Now we don't have him. And then he said, when I asked him what position he's playing, he goes, basically Khalid. So they're using him in the Khalid Duke role right now, where he can back up to linebacker. Honestly, I'm shocked they're not doing that with Nate Matlack either, yeah, but yeah. maybe they are. So um, keep an eye on that. But yeah, the, the key is just beating your blocks. I felt like, I, f- I feel like it just comes down to where those guys want to. Timmy Horn has to be consistent. And I know it's tough to do rep after rep of pushing the center back into the backfield, but that's what he's capable of doing, and he has to do it. I'm just going to say it. If Brock Purdy gets comfortable, if Brees Hall gets some good early runs and Brock Purdy gets comfortable, this game ain't going to be close. Because I got bad news for you folks. We keep talking about recruiting and recruiting and recruiting, and I don't care if K-State loses to Oklahoma and Texas and even Oklahoma State in recruiting. They have proven to squander the amount of talent they get in the recruiting trail. Iowa State, as people said throughout today's press conference, is so much like K-State. They're building their program up there like a Bill Snyder program or like what Chris Kleiman's doing, and they're beating K-State for players consistently. They have a better roster right now. You can argue all you want about Deuce Vaughn's incredible. Brees Hall's better. And maybe just because he's older and more advanced. Brock Purdy, well, I don't like his inconsistencies, but when he's on, and he was on last year in Ames, he will rip you apart. And I think he's an NFL guy. I think they'll they'll put him in a situation where he can be more consistent because the NFL is so different than college with what they ask quarterbacks to do. Iowa State has a better roster. They just do. Mike Rose on defense, holy crap. He's Holy crap. He's a stud. He's got beautiful hair, too. Uh, I. This is going to be a really interesting game. I'm way off the question now. But, yes, I, I think it'll be – I'll just say Timmy Horn. Timmy Horn's got to dominate the middle of that line and wreak havoc because if he can just collapse the into the backfield every time, it's just – you can't operate that way. So that'll be my answer. I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little scared for the defensive end position. Because I know they said that they would expect Bronson Mask to be back at some point. He's in a sling. So he's he's not playing this week. Unless no, he not. has he's a miraculous not. recovery. He's in a sling. So he's not playing this week. Right. Well, that leaves you with Felix Anadike Uzama, Nate Matlack, and Spencer Trussell. And Pickle. And Pickle. If they want to slide him out there. Which they do quite often. Sure. Which I'm not crazy about. Uh, who? I mean, they have consistently played six defensive ends. So who are those other guys going to be? At some point... They're going to have to come into the game. And I think what made them so successful early on in the season is that they played so many guys. They had fresh legs, and they were able to get pressure on the quarterback. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that now. Now, with that being said, that just means it leaves it up to your defensive tackles to step up. You said Timmy Horn. I'm going to say Eli Huggins because in order for one, for both of those guys to be – in order for Timmy Horn to be good, Eli Huggins has to be good. Right. It's just how it works. So, I mean – I know I just named the whole entire defensive line, but I think it starts in the middle. So I'll I'll, I'll say Eli Huggins. Okay, I'll go with a defensive back. I'll go T. Denson. I just I feel like somebody. I feel like this could be a multiple interception game for Brock Purdy. I don't know really know. I don't have a good reason why. If it is, K State will win. 
If but, he's off, K-State will win. But if Brock, like you said, if Brock Purdy's off, K-State can win. And I think that winning that turnover battle, hopefully, um, they've been able to do in the past. That's the edge that they can take and get the win. But I'll, I'll, I'll make a, just a random bold prediction. T. Denson, two interceptions. Mm. And w- let's just say it, one for a TD. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, you got it. You don't got a choice at, over there, Don't Gilles? come at me so if I'm funny. wrong. <laughs> Do I have to have a choice? No, you don't uh, have to have a choice. He's going to look like Dan Sorensen now. Who's the most random player I can oh, think of? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, random, random player. Uh, Ross Elder's going to go off. Ross Elder's going to go off. <laughs> Watch him go off. <laughs> <laughs> told you guys. Told you. It's like Nick Allen at Oklahoma State. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From KNED, does last week's offensive outputs by the rest of the league cause you any concerns with predictions, or is it just one week? I'm I'm a little lost in this league right now. I I'm I don't know what's going on with the defenses, but Oklahoma's defense is trash. I mean, it, they finally pulled it together at the end. It almost just looks like they're not playing hard. I, I don't know how that's possible, but they're just giving up so many points. Texas surrendered a ton of points. Yeah, the, the thing about this is K-State's defense has to get more capable because K-State's offense isn't going to win shootouts. It's not designed to do that. It's not equipped to do that. And so they're going to have to get better performance from the defense. And that's really re- where I come down on this game. If K-State's defense isn't any better than it was last game out against Oklahoma, K-State's not going to win. Iowa State's going to score points, and I think Iowa State's defense is better than Oklahoma's. I do. I, do. I mean, I, I think they will stop K-State from scoring enough points to win. Pretty basic football right there. This defense for K-State has to get its you-know-what together. I also think that Oklahoma's offense is the best in the Big 12. So when they're when they're rolling, especially now when you put Caleb Williams in potentially, he looked really good on Saturday. Looked I, like it, a Hall of Fame quarterback, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Parker yeah. Thune. He yeah. got that one right. So, I mean – I think as much as it was K-State's defense looked terrible on Saturday or last Saturday against Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma's offense proved that they're pretty dang good. Yeah, they are. And, you know, to answer the question from Kned, you look at around the you look around the scores, we knew Texas Tech's defense was terrible. They gave up 52 points to TCU. West Virginia, Hold I know. On. How did you give up 52 points to that TCU offense? How? <laughs> that is a great question, wow. isn't it? We know that Ryan's favorite team, the West Virginia Mountaineers, have struggled the entire season. They gave up 45 points to Baylor, whose offense has not been good at all. I mean, I don't know if it's a combination of bad defenses or good offenses, but I just think the conference is so Jekyll and Hyde. Agree. Flip a coin, and that's who's going to win. I think it's going around college football right now. I mean, both Clemson and... Well, Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State all have losses. I mean, it's just there's some inconsistency going around. And, guys, I, I do stop to wonder, is the NIL playing into any of this? Is there distractions in some of these locker rooms? Is Spencer Rattler caught up in – how do you feel if you paid him whatever he got paid for his NIL and now he's probably not going to start again and probably will be in the transfer portal and is a villain to Oklahoma fans and you just paid him a lot of money to represent your company? Welcome to the minefield of the NIL. I mean, I I can't help but wonder if there's some of this distraction getting into the locker room and affecting teams on the field. Big time programs, yes. And Georgia's been smart enough to spread the the money around, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, there's a pile of $17 million in the locker room. We're going to need to divide it up equally. You're saying that they share their tips? Yes. They they share their tips. Sounds like a very smart play by Kirby. Kirby. Yes. See, I know looking at what happened over the weekend with, you know, the offensive outputs, but I can't help but think K-State's played so well on defense at times and really for most of the season. Yeah, it sucks you lose Khalid Duke, but I think if K-State can go out and put together the defense that they've shown that they can put out there, I'm not really concerned by what everyone else is doing because K-State's defense has just been so formidable at times this year. Cole, you're the guy that breaks down our film. I was struck by watching that Oklahoma game. I feel like when they go zone on the back end, they get passive. Mm-hmm. They get they get out of attack mode, which they were in. Now, I'm not saying they can never go to zone. I'm saying they were consistently in zone, and it puts them more in a passive footing as a defense. 
and it somehow it even affects the guys up front. I think this this group of guys needs to be on the attack. And the right now, I've said this in the past, they're so focused on not giving up big plays, which I understand is important, that they've decided to give up the nickel and dime too because they don't want to take chances. So, yeah, you can throw it underneath. Yeah, you can throw it underneath. Yeah, you can throw it underneath. Next thing you know, they're, they're just going down the field and demoralizing and exhausting your defense. In some ways, giving up the home run is better than giving up a 12-play a drive. Well, you – you said home run, and I'm going to go exactly into a baseball analogy. It is like a pitcher pitching around a hitter. Right. Instead of saying, guess what? I'm going to throw the ball, and you're going to have to hit it, and there's a good chance we're going to defend it, and we're going to get it out. Well, I'm going to pitch around the zone. I'm going to get behind in the count, and then I'm going to give up a home run. Eventually, I'm going to get beat. K-State, when they are playing zone coverage, especially against Oklahoma like they did, they almost looked like they were – playing scared i mean that's the best way to put it i mean it's like well we are not going to let him beat us and we'll take the the dink and the dunks but we're not going to let him beat us well there comes a point where they can dink and dunk and find their way down the field and so that is the bend but don't break defense obviously the bending and breaking happened for the most part but the, what doesn't make sense to me is because you have big corners on this on the edge mm-hmm. you have experienced safeties who you obviously trust to play multiple positions if i'm joe Kleinerman, chris Kleiman, especially this week against iowa state we've seen bad rock purdy i'm blitzing i'm I'm, after I, him. I'm i'm running man coverage i'm making him beat us because i know that i have justin gardner i know that i have echo boydo and i have julius brintz big cornerbacks that can match up with any receiver if they beat you down the field so be it but you got to put pressure on him. Hey, here's the thing is, is when you go after quarterbacks, you take chances. And I've, I can hear the voices of former K-State defensive coordinators saying, we just don't have the guys. They can't consistently cover. Well, nobody except the very, very elite corners can consistently cover in man. The thought is you don't have to cover as long. You just have to be with them to – Long enough to not let an easy pass happen. Don't get burned down the sideline where the quarterback can just throw it out there. The idea is you put so much pressure on the quarterback, even if the guy's open, he's not in a comfort level to complete it. Instead, you let the quarterback sit back there and pick the weakest link in your defensive backfield and say, I'm going to pick on you. You're you're giving too much edge there. Or you like you brought up Dan Sorensen. Oh, we've got a horrible mismatch here. They're in zone. I'm just going to sit back and, well, that, that contradicted himself because Dan Sorensen was a man when he was getting burned. But anyhow, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The, the quarterback then can pick where he wants to throw if he's got time. And you know what? You might If you've got four receivers out, three of them might be covered. But if he's got time, he's going to find the fourth guy. Yep. And that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. From Exhausted Nihilist, what are your expectations on how mobile Skyler might be after the off week? I'm afraid Skyler's going to start overthinking this because it came up at the press conference today. He he recognizes how much better he was just staying in the pocket. So now instead of instinctively running, I'm afraid he's going to sit there. No, I'm going to no 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 and end up doing neither, which is what he does when he bleeds to the right. That's what, exactly what he's doing. I'm trying to stick with my receivers, but I want to run. And then he gets himself in a position where, while well, either decision. Might have worked. Now neither will work. And so I hope he doesn't overthink it. I hope he can still go play. But I think he'll be more mobile. But I think he's also going to be very careful about when to run the ball because he wants to make it through the season. Aside from this injury, he doesn't want it again. So hopefully staying in the pocket will be good for him. But he'll still take off when he needs to take off. We saw it in the NFL last on Sunday night. Both yeah. quarterbacks just gouging defenses mm-hmm. that were dropping back in man. And, oh, nobody's watching me. Off I go. I think that's what he can do. I, I, there's no reason Skylar Thompson can't do that. I think especially if they're going to play man-to-man defense and bring pressure like Iowa State should do. They should. I mean, if you really want to get to Skylar Thompson, you want to make him run. I mean, at the end of the day, that's going to be the defensive coordinator for Iowa State's goal is how do we get to the quarterback? Because if you can get to the quarterback and you can take him out of the game, then you know what the rest of the game is going to consist of. That should be their goal. But if you're Skylar Thompson, you also have to manage, okay, I'm a better quarterback when I'm in the pocket. That looked like a completely different Skylar Thompson against Oklahoma. 
And I'm all for that. I think the longer he stays in the pocket, the longer he actually throws the ball instead of running, it helps the offense. It helps the offense get into a rhythm. It helps us see some production from the receivers, which we haven't seen. I think a, a Skylar Thompson throwing the ball to an open receiver six yards down the field is better than a Skylar Thompson trying to run the ball six yards down the field and taking an unnecessary hit. Right. But with that being said, my expectations for Skylar Thompson this week are to have a little bit of quarterback run game back in the red zone because that was something that was obvious that was missing on Saturday against Oklahoma. I agree. There was none of that. And Oklahoma knew he's either handing it off to Deuce or he's throwing it. That was completely obvious. That has to be. That has to be something that you involve somehow in your offense, even if it's putting Will Howard in. There we go. Zach, would you put Will Howard in at times just to run the ball? Absolutely. Yeah. You got to have a threat. But at the same time, you can't just do it like, you know, when K-State used to run the Wildcat with Charles Jones. Mm -hmm. You know, you knew exactly what the play was. There was only one play. He was keeping it running up the middle. You can't do that with Will Howard. You have to allow him to at least get a rhythm to play quarterback and just – be a realistic threat to throw the ball, hand the ball off. He can't just be completely running. And if that means giving him a series, maybe, but at the end of the day, if, if having Skyler with a rhythm, even if he's not a threat running the ball, and if you throw that off, putting Will in and he's not able to get a rhythm, I don't know if that's better, even if it gives you the threat that Will can run the ball. Very good. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing a wildcat formation. I really wouldn't put Malik Knowles back there. Put Deuce Vaughn and Joe Irvin back there. Do something to where you can have some type of quarterback run game. Not It doesn't matter if it's not the quarterback. It just gives you an extra person on offense. You know, they were talking about it in the Sunday night game. When you run with the quarterback, that takes away, you know, somebody that can – it takes away an, uh, an offensive player just standing there. They have got to find a way to run with the quarterback. I agree. Well, with Skylar Thompson and Cole, you can correct me if I'm wrong here because you're the, you know, the X's and O's guys, but – guy but he needs to understand that it's okay every once in a while to take a sack instead of fits like you said rolling out to the right and gaining or losing one yard you know what i mean the risk that you can get staying in the pocket and picking up yards i think is is greater than maybe getting one yard on a run i think those are probably the toughest lessons for a young quarterback to learn yeah but he's not young anymore well he is in the big scope of things he is when to throw it away and when just to tuck it under and just Take a sack. Get down. Take the sack. Don't get hit. I thought the line did a great job of protecting him for the most part. For a guy that wasn't mobile, who it, you know channeled his inner Ben Roethlisberger and just kind of <laughs> stood there. You know, I thought it was. Uh, I thought they did a really good job. Again, uh, if they want to win this game, the Lions have to win the game. Mm-hmm. Last question of the first half comes from Three G Wildcat. Are K State's third quarter misfires partially caused by a staff that was used to having the lead and being able to out athlete out athlete opponents at North Dakota State? I, I think that could be. I think a lot of the things that we see are related to coaches who have rarely been in these situations. But I am disturbed by the lack of, of effect, effective adjustments at halftime. Did I just forget how to talk? What happened you, to me? You, you got I, it out. Did you, I have a little stroke there? You've been listening to okay. me too much. You found yourself in a very odd situation. A situation. <laughs> they they make adjustments. They're just not always effective. And um, I I think Klanderman, you know, has mentioned this in one of his Thursday press conferences that they need to be more willing to make adjustments during the first half. Not wait till halftime. Yeah, and I, again, I think that does fall back to a group of coaches that are used to kicking everyone's butt, or even if they were in a good game, they didn't really need to make adjustments. They knew they just keep doing what they do, and they're going to win the game ninety five percent of the time. To me, it looks like in a boxing match when a boxer comes out and he just sits there and takes punches without punching. Well, then he gets knocked down. That's what happens in the third quarter against mm-hmm. K State. They're seeing if the other team will tip their hand, but they're not gaining any ground from it. So it's like you're kind of, you're beating yourself in that way because you're you're trying to see what the other team made adjustments at halftime. So then you can make adjustments maybe in game. We've seen it work against Oklahoma. They made an adjustment in the second half where they shut down Oklahoma last year and ended up winning the game. But I think that sitting back and waiting to see what the other team tried to adjust. You need to worry about yourself. And I think that's what gets them in trouble sometimes. I can't help but wonder if these third quarter problems this year could be solved with just winning a coin toss. 
No, I was just thinking the same thing. They end up having to take the ball. They have to take the ball first. And I don't think that, I mean, they've done okay. They've done a lot better than they've been in the past, even going back to Snyder, I think. But you you start off that third quarter on defense. I don't, how many points have they given up on that first drive? Because it seems like a lot. And then they come out flat, go three and out. I think they've probably gone three and out more than two or three times, it feels like. It just feels like they come out completely flat because they have to start the second half on defense. It's amazing. They're on a four-game losing streak with the flip. Five. They apparently did win the flip at Stanford. What? That's what I thought they'd lost it, but it's in the 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 packet as they won it. I don't remember I them don't, winning it. I Wait, so you're telling me that they give up points on the first drive of the second half because they're on defense. Maybe because there's not as many people in the stadium. I'm not going to go that far because they played at <laughs> they played at Oklahoma State once. Then again. They didn't give him any points that that game. Just saying. zero in the third quarter. All right, make a note about a daily delivery. Thank you, thank you, Cole. Thank you. Conspiracy. <sighs> Cole spiracy. Oh, that's it for the first half that of the is podcast. It. While you're writing down your DD I'll, idea, I'll, I'll do this first and then write. <clears throat> That is the first half of the Firecat Questions podcast, brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. On the other side, we'll take more of your questions from Wabash Station. And folks, if you're not subscribing to GoPowerCat.com, think about it. Just think about it. Just go check that one buck for your first month thing and go check us out for a whole month for a buck. And if you watch our YouTube videos, make sure you check that subscribe button. That one's completely free. You don't even have to pay. You can pay Zach a buck. Go ahead and mail him a dollar. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. I know when you're sitting at home and listening to this, you feel like they just stopped the tape and then restarted it, and now I get to listen to the second half. We had a whole bunch of stuff that went on in between. We talked about all kinds of stuff. Chief super fans. Kinds of stuff. Super fans, people who think they're super fans, people who think they get to decide who are fans, and all that kind of good stuff. Anyhow, we're sponsored by the fridge. They are the Twitter of alcohol. Addicting? Uh uh hashtag, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm they, not they ban people I, for no good reason? It wasn't a good promo. I'm gonna just say it. I don't know why they're the Twitter of alcohol. But they, just go there. Just they, go go there. They don't get shut Their down. Stock prices. Uh, <laughs> they don't get shut down like the other uh, social media sites. Man, get into the fridge when you're town. Make sure you stop into Aggieville or downtown or wherever your favorite Manhattan locally owned business is. And if you're in Aggieville, stop in Tanner's, the high-low, and say, hey, Fitz sent me. What's the special? What's the Fitz special? And they'll look at you like, I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't know who Fitz is. Unless you ask Charlie, you know, the GM at Tanner's. They'll know. Let's move on. Hey, Gills, you got more of those questions? No. That's it? That's it? You sure? I'm pretty sure we give you two halves of questions to ask. I don't know. Okay. Well, we're going to turn it over to Gills, and either he'll read a question from Wabash Station or do a delightful musical number. Okay. From Kane Ed, I'm going to do option number one on that one. Good. 
While it is not listed on the schedule, the separate inclusion schedule says the K-State Trailblazers will be celebrated Saturday. Just curious, has the athletic department sent out a press release, nope. spread the story to the media nope. in advance, or try to get any publicity for it? They listed it in the initial diversity and inclusion press release, but that is it. There yeah. was no explanation. Okay, so what's going on on campus? Explain. I was people. just going to go there. Yeah, go do it. So today there was uh, today was Tuesday, and today was the KS Unite. And it is a diversity inclusion program where last year they canceled all the classes and encouraged the kids to go and be a part of it. They had a really good turnout. Um, basically, it's just about how to promote diversity on campus and come together. And honestly, I think it's uh, something that the campus needs, especially with everything that happened last year with the students, with everything. The campus needed it. And this year, I mean – it needs it too. Um, we're obviously in unprecedented times, but it was not promoted. I did not find out about this until 11 o'clock at night last night. And um, they had one of the Little Rock Nine who, uh, if you're not familiar, was the first school to integrate um, after uh, – to integrate schools. And so she talked on Zoom to any K-State student that wanted to be a part of it. But instead of canceling class like they did last year and saying, hey, you know, go do this, they didn't say anything. I had to email my teacher and say, hey, I'm going to be a social studies teacher. I think it's important that I listen to this talk. Is it okay if I don't come to class? She emailed me back and said, yeah, I wish they canceled class. Go ahead. I'll give you an excuse to absence, blah, 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 blah. But think about how many kids had no idea that that was going on and that something like that even ex- that even existed at K-State. There's so many, so many things like that that go on. And – I mean, it's almost like K-State doesn't want to promote that they have other things. I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm really going with this, but I think it dies to, it goes directly into what Kaned is asking and talking about. When are we going to acknowledge that K-State has, like he always talks about, a history of doing some really cool things? And there's also stuff of history that's not so good that needs to be talked about that k-state just kind of refuses to talk about i don't know Fitz. i i think it's cool i think it's cool and i think it's a good part to remind this generation of everything that's happened over my lifetime the little rock i think was 57 it was before i was born believe it or not um i know gills everything seems like it was after i was born after fits AF. That's how they start measuring time. <laughs> That's what that means. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, it's it, it's incredible when I look back at my life. I was born in '64. How far we've come. But I don't think we should forget the journey. I, I I think it's important to remember, and I don't I don't mean this in a way where we should, you know, punish ourselves for past sins. I just think it's important to remember where we were. And how far we've come, because honestly, I don't think enough people appreciate how far we have come. Whenever mm, I hear agreed. someone talk about it's the same as worse now, never. It, no, man, I I lived through this stuff. I, I I know how bad it was, and so I think it's cool. And I am with KNet on this. I think K-State does a lousy job of of really pushing these things about K-State for all we complain about John Curry putting up that sign that's saying the, what, what was that thing? The best case, the campus friendliest. What was it? Number one college town in yeah, America no. from some random right. blog, basically. Right. It was just some <laughs> random blog. Probably the same blog that made a certain sports bar in Aggieville, the number one sports bar in the world. I think that blog went out of business. I think they, <laughs> I think they were shut down. Um, that's great promotion. Yeah. Shout it from the mountain. Even if it's not that important to everyone else, you still get to get put it in front of them. This stuff is important. So, Kena, to get to your question, we don't know what they're going to do on Saturday for the Trailblazers. And I apologize. I did not ask. But I don't think I, – I don't know that I would have been able to get to the right person. I don't know what's planned. Or maybe they don't want to tell me at this point because they want it to be a surprise. I hope it's not just, hey, we're going to put this on, on a schedule and then we're going to make one announcement and call it good. That's what I'm worried about because I, I could – 
definitely see something like that happening. It's going to be a spot that runs during a TV timeout. That's what I'm worried about. We should have somewhere in our sports complex a statue similar to Ernie Barrett and Bill Snyder of all the trailblazers, of all of the people who broke or helped break color barriers at Kansas State University. And KNED's listed them up and down who they are. This institution was significant because of Milton Eisenhower, and thank you, KNED, for the education, of breaking the color barrier in the Big 7 slash Big 8. K-State, Iowa State, you know, Jack Trice was early. I mean, it's unbelievable how early he played. But we were sharing a conference with Southern schools, Oklahoma being Southern at the time, who absolutely did not want black student-athletes on the field with their white guys. And Milton Eisenhower said, fine. You know, the rule was the home team made the rules. And Milton Eisenhower says, fine. We're still bringing them. We're still going to play them. We should celebrate these things. And and not just not just because one day a year we're going to call it Trailblazer Day. This should be on campus. It should be a place where where kids and parents can walk by the statue and a plaque will outline the importance of this. We should brag about it. Mm-hmm. We absolutely should brag about it. But again, the humble Midwest ways, it's almost like, well, we don't want to talk about ourselves. That's not how the world works, Zach. You got to talk about yourself. You got to promote yourself. You got to get out there. And KNED is pushing it. He's pushing it. Sometimes he might push too hard. But I tell you what, he's, he's making progress on this. He's making progress. And um, I don't know where the money comes from. But I would hope there would be money out there because those statues aren't cheap to build something like that. We need to honor, recognize, embrace it. But most of all, we need to celebrate it. This is a cool campus. My only problem with this night of inclusion, whatever, I'm I'm an outsider, but I've I've never felt like there's racial tension on the K-State campus. Maybe there was last year. I know there was a lot of stuff going on last year. There was a lot of stuff going on in the locker room. I know there was a lot of side stories to everything that went on last year. But I always felt it was a very welcoming campus. And I think that was reflected in the campus being recognized for its openness to LGBTQ, whatever. You know, I'm going to get lost now. And, you know, I saw that list of the top 50 institutions or something, and there was only a few state institutions mm-hmm. on it. And Kansas State was on the list. Mm-hmm. And this is not, this is what's great about Midwestern people. They're like, oh, you're gay. Oh, you're black. Oh, you're Catholic. Oh, you're Jewish. We don't care. And we need to celebrate that. Doesn't get celebrated enough. And I think having a plaque could make the difference between a kid choosing to come to K-State and a kid choosing to go somewhere else. Not just sports. Not sports. Just school in general. Right. Because that leads to a story. And when you have stories that are positive stories in a time of negative times like that, people like to hear that. That's right. And and Cole's right. At, at the very end of the day, it ends up being great marketing. You can, like I pointed out, Kansas State doesn't have a very diverse campus because we don't have a very diverse population base in Kansas. But if you start embracing these things, Diversity will find you. Yep. And maybe they need to put an eye on that. From Joe Katz, and this is his first, his or her. Was that inclusive? Okay, spell it. Joe. J-O Katz. Johnson County? Jordan Enriquez. Yeah. Wow. Welcome, (laughs) (laughs) J-O. This person's first post in a long time. and No, no, it's a first-time question asker, long-time member. Oh, God oh. Dang it. See, first-time caller, long-time listener. They're missing out because they never listened to They've like, never listened I, to Art I did this. It was Art Bell. I did this right. The last time I read you the questions, did. I did it right. You, yeah. They, they haven't spent enough time in their lives listening to late-night 
talk radio. Just listen to AM. Just the AM. 810. Does Seren still take phone calls? Yes. I'm sure that people introduce themselves first time, long time. I called into the show a while ago. You did. I That's did. right. Surprised uh, you and X Factor and hanging out. <laughs> Uh, it also says they also missed the Insiders podcast, Zach. Am I, is that hey, correct? That is correct. You did read that word Thank for you. word. We talked to Ryan Black about this today. The I, reason, I mentioned, yeah. I mentioned there's twofold the reasons why we don't have the Insiders anymore. First of all, it was extremely hard to get everyone together. And, you know, Kellis often had to watch his boys or is this boys? I think it's just boys. Okay. Um, and Matt would be in and out because of work. And well, and that's that's a sub reason. Now we're doing this for my house, and it's a little more awkward to have a bunch of guys show up at your house <laughs> that don't work for you. You guys have to do this. Um, and the other reason is is I I really wanted to make the post game podcast uh, better, and the downloads would vary so much based on wins and losses. I wanted to find a way to turn it into more of an examination um, that people could. Get over the loss, and, and it's worked. That has worked. Our numbers are way up on the post-game review podcast from what the post-game podcast was. Our numbers are way up on all of our podcasts right now. And and including the pre-game podcast is blowing through the roof. Um, so that bumps into Monday. We already Between the drive and the post-game review podcast, we've got two podcasts on Monday. And finding any other day in the week to try to do the insiders is just impossible. It's Honestly, it's made my life a lot easier um, in that Going back on the road, I needed to lighten my load a little bit because I ain't what I used to be. I know you guys are shocked. But you were good once as you ever was. I was, I was kind of good. I was like – I was above average. Was my, my best was okay, and now I'm a little bit below that. Are we going to get to his question? <laughs> what was his it? or her. Well, what was the question again? Uh, we never asked it because we it. got on this rant. Oh, okay, go ahead. Podcast. I'm sorry. In this current era of realignment, transfer portal, and NIL, is there any actual chance for anyone other than a blue blood to ever complete, let alone win a national championship in football? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big believer of unintended consequences. I think it opens it up. I I think it does, too. I think we're seeing it. I think we're seeing these big programs that have the players getting the big NILs, all that stuff. They're getting big paydays. I think we're seeing them peel apart a little bit because that is an enormous distraction. That's a distraction with professionals. If a guy gets a contract his teammates don't think he deserves, that's a distraction. If someone gets a NIL deal that the rest of the players don't understand and can't figure it out, and they're 19, 20 years old, hell yeah, that's a major issue. These aren't professionals. These are kids going to college. It's going to be a big distraction. And you can't just stockpile talent and tell them they can't leave anymore. You were just mentioning Dabo Sweeney's upset. Well, he's upset because players are going to be leaving his program left and right because they're going to go there and realize, hey, I'm third string here and I'm a five-star recruit. I'm going to go somewhere else. I think it's going to have a nice trickle down for for a lot of programs, including K-State, that embrace the transfer portal. Now, maybe you're right. Maybe it'll end up being just the opposite. Maybe it'll settle into a groove and all the five stars will want to go where all the best money is and and the top ones will stay and the other ones will leave. I don't know, but I think it's going to spread out the wins a little bit. I mean, I think look at Spencer Rattler and what happened to him this Rattler. last week. Rattler. I'm like Rattler. I'm reading an article by SI that came out three days ago, and they talk about just exactly that. Uh, Fowler Auto in Norman, Oklahoma, gave him two brand new cars, a 2021 Charger and a 2021 Ram. Why? Why would they Why? do that? Why does this kid need two cars? Yeah. How is that good business? <laughs> and and they're doing it because they're OU fans, yep. not because it's good for business. That's my problem with NIL. They're clearly just paying the player. But they also probably disrupted the program a great deal by doing that. An estimated $200,000 worth of NIL deals. For Spencer? Yep. And I'm curious. If he transfers, do you walk away with the cars? Giving cars away is kind of a tax problem. I mean, you got to pay property taxes on those. Who's expecting a, a 19, 20-year-old kid to understand the implications of taking a free car? Because it's not 
free. Well, this article brings up another good point with DJ Eagle from Clemson. Sorry, I don't know how you say your name. It's Uh, the quarterback. (laughs) Quarterback Iagula or something like that. I believe that's how it's close to that. Just just position. He's in a Dr. Pepper commercial. He's in a Dr. Pepper commercial. Why? About the college football playoff, oddly enough. At least that's reasonable. That's not, you know, that's that's Dr. Pepper saying, hey, we already sponsor the college football playoff. Why not go get one of the guys? I think that's different than some Joe Schmo car dealership saying, hey, drive our car around. We're going to give you two of them, and they're both 2021s. Congrats. You know, I, th- there's... The, my my deal with NIL is eventually it's going to the people that provide value whether it's their skill position or not are going to end up making the money. It's all going to it's all going to even out at the end. You're not going to see these $6,000 uh, a year deals to walk-ons to everyone that's a walk-on on the program. At some point the money's going to run out to where it's like, "Hey, it's just not worth it." The people that can earn money on their own and on their own merit are going to get the money. Yeah, you talked about we talked about NIL, but I don't think the conference realignment, quite honestly, has that big of an impact on who gets into the playoff because now with these super conferences, if you win, you're going to be in. At the end of the day, the teams who win the most are going to be the teams that get into the playoff. I fully believe that. Um, Big 12 is going to be completely fine on that front. Uh, so I, I don't think conference realignment is going to have that much of an impact. I really don't. Well, I think it does because OU and Texas just cannibalized themselves. Yeah, okay, on that front, yes. Yeah, I think you it just got rid of front. two yeah. blue bloods that are going into the field of blue bloods. That are going it to be is left out. stupid. It's, it's their idiotic. fault. It is so stupid from a competition standpoint. It is all about the money, and that's all that is. But if you want to talk about competition, yeah, it's going to open up the it door up. to I don't a know lot if of other teams. Oklahoma or Texas, but one of them is going to become Nebraska of the SEC. The blue blood. Is Texas that, already there? You know, yeah, they could be. They could be them. I could see both teams, though, to be completely honest. Yeah, I'm, they're not going to get calls. They're not going to get every replay review they want. Twice. One of them is going to become Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. They're going to be Ole Miss. Ole Miss used to be good. Mm-hmm. They might be good at softball or baseball but they're not gonna be good at football yeah i'm, I'm with you I, and I, they're gonna hire lane kiffin i think it, it in a weird way i think it's exciting because uh, it's gonna shuffle the deck now maybe they'll end up holding all the cards again but i think we're gonna find out pretty quickly from ksu man if we make it to a bowl game this year will k-state fans be happy I just no. have a sense that fans aren't happy. Six and six is nobody's going to be happy with that. No, and I I saw someone post seven wins won't make them happy. I'm like, whoa, hold on here. You're coming off of a, a a season that fell apart, and you're only in the third season of a new coaching staff. Yeah, I I, I think eight wins is important, but seven wins you're going to be disappointed with that. I think people will be disappointed with seven wins because that means you had a losing record in conference play. Well, that's a valid, very valid point. I think if you go to a bowl game in the DFW Metroplex, you're going to be disappointed. And then if you go one step up, you go back to Phoenix or you go back to Memphis, which are kind of the two next level bowls. Yeah, I can see you being a little disappointed that you got to go make the same trip that you made in the last four years. And if you go to the Texas Bowl, there's one year before that. I mean, I get, and, and well, it's, that's, it's one that's, thing that sucks about they did not realign the bowls at yeah, all for the Big 12, sucks. and that's probably playing in the factor. It plays a factor into fans' disappointment because who wants to go to Memphis for the third time in six years? Nobody. I mean, we don't, we don't want to. Um, so that's why it's exciting to see Jerry Palm of CBS projecting K-State to go play Clemson in the cheese bowl in Orlando. I get that that would not be maybe that fun of a game, but at least it's a new location, you know, and that means you want a significant number of wins too. So I think that's kind of how I see the line of being happy, being disappointed, just get to a bowl game that you haven't been to and you kind of earn it. If you go seven and five, yeah, your season wasn't the worst it could have been, but you're in a place where you feel like you've been before, especially recently. There's not I think much improvement. The biggest challenge is the bowls are boring. Extremely. The, the, the big 12 selection of bowls are boring. Iowa state got into the new year's day bowls last year. 
I mean, if that op opens up for Kansas State, that'll be huge. Or the Florida Bowl, which is now the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, very confusing. But, yeah, Zach's right. The fact that they didn't make any changes in their bowl lineup when everyone else was is so big 12. Oh, oh we're fine. We're just, we're just, gonna, we're just not going to change. They were finally forced to change and did a good job with it. Now they need to turn their attention to the bowl games for the new conference because they're going to get screwed out of, they're going to end up with the Belk Bowl or, you know. I don't know. Oh, Idaho I would take the Belk potato Bowl. Potato bowl. Well, that the is Belk Bowl is actually, well, it's the Duke's Mayo Bowl now, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gross, but they, they, they are phenomenal on social media. Um, well, it's good advertising because I had never heard of Duke's Mayo. It's a Southern thing. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Um, but, yeah, they just got to find something better and not, hey, you get to go back to Phoenix or Memphis for the 17th time in 12 right. years. Oh, come on, man. Like, go back to the Holiday Bowl, which I guess is going to be played in Petco. Cool. I think I feel like we talked about that either on the, on the air, off the air. I don't remember, I but we talked that. about the Holiday Bowl and they're we're like, are they even the going to play it? You're going to play it. At That's Petco. cool. It's okay. great. It's a great stadium, by the way. Yeah, if Riverfront and Wichita can host football, why not Petco? Does it? Yeah, they're playing the JUCO Championship there, the Jayhawk Championship. Oh yeah, that's right. That's really cool. And I thought, go Shockers! There's your football field. (laughs) (laughs) From El Camino Cat, did any of you get a chance to go to the basketball open practice? What are your thoughts? Um, Gills. I was there too. Oh, Cole was there too. Yeah, that's right. Young guys and Cole. What'd you think? Well, I think it's funny because I am how Cole is with football, with basketball. I'm very optimistic. I see everything glass half full. Uh, I thought they looked good. You know, there was a good energy, a good vibe, Um, a lot different than last year. Guys were engaged, a lot of effort. Um, And I know that I'm I'm trying to, you know, know, find good things in this team. But I don't think we saw that last year. And not that last last year's guys didn't care, but guys like Dejuan and Antonio, those are not the guys you want in your locker room. I don't know if there's anybody here on this team that there's any real skepticism with. I know Selton Miguel had some, you know, is he going to accept his role as a, a primarily, you know, a defender? I think he has. You know, I think another thing me and Cole, we were talking about was just how different those guys look. I mean, Davion Bradford put on some weight, some muscle. He's looking good. Casey, all of them down the line. They looked good. Luke Kazuki didn't make many shots, but everyone else looked really good. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. Uh, hey, one more thing. Davion Bradford was shooting I was just gonna say out that. from deep and he was making shots. Well, he's got really soft hands, um, good basketball skill set. It would make sense to me that he can extend his shot. He looks like a different person. When I saw him, I said, Who who is that guy? I mean, he, he looks like he could go out right now in Bill Snyder Family Stadium and play tight end. I mean, he is he had some some of that baby fat, you know, that we saw and at times he was let's just be let's just be frank. He was out of shape at times. He could not stay in the game because he got tired. That's not going to happen this year. He looks really good. And I know people talk about in spring training with Major League Baseball, oh, he's in the best shape of his life. That's kind of a cliche. Well, you're kind of at that point right now with K-State basketball, but I I agree with Ron. Yo, Cole, why'd you mention Frank? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a freshman. You know what I mean? It's a guy that had never gone through serious weight training. Goes through serious weight training. Will Howard did it too. Uh, I'm optimistic because I think they cleaned up their locker room. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame the sophomores for being part of the problem. I think they were infected with the problem. They came into a locker room that was um, just dysfunctional. Yeah, that's fair. And I think it spilled over to them. And they've, they've kind of wiped the slate clean. They've gone out and found some guys that helped them on the court, but in the locker room. I think Mark Smith's a huge addition off the court. And Bruce Weber talked about it in one of our press conferences, was that he's been, he's just a natural leader and he's good for the young guys. So I'm hopeful that the sum of their parts is greater than the talent that they've amassed because everyone else in the Big 12 got more talented too. I'm, I'm optimistic because I like these guys a lot. And I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I haven't liked a lot of the players Bruce Weber's brought in. He has he hit a trio of players, but even then he had some issues. 
I think he's got a good, really solid group of guys. Now, I'm not talking about the whole Boy Scout. He's got good players who are good teammates, natural leaders, which I've said over and over, Bruce Weber needs natural leaders because he doesn't develop them. He inherits them. He finds them. He, he, he was gifted Rodney Magruder, and Barry Brown became a badass. Who was there at the practice. He was. And having him around as much as possible, I think, is really good for the – having him and Rod around, two natural leaders, two alphas that um, are very positive. You can sometimes have a leader who's also a jerk. Those guys weren't. The, the teammates loved him. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm looking forward to this basketball season. The players never took ownership of the program. No. At the end of the day, the players never did. And in order, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're in a company, if you're on a football team, if you're on a baseball team, if you're driving a dump truck, you have to take ownership of whatever you're doing. Mm. And Zach's a fan of dump trucks. <laughs> I love the dump truck. I love the dump truck. Hey, um, they didn't lose any of their freshmen, did they? Am I missing someone? No, everyone stayed. Folks, that's a sign. Mm-hmm. That's a Granted, sign. I think somebody, maybe Kazuki or Lingard, somebody's going to transfer after this year. It's I inevitable. agree with that. It, it's inevitable now that you're going to lose players. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they didn't lose any of those core rebuild guys. Yeah. I mean, we thought the sophomores were the rebuild. They weren't. <laughs> they were the best they could do. This group is the rebuild. I don't know why you have to rebuild after eight, nine, ten years, but here we are. <laughs> but at least they're a rebuild. I, I like this group a lot. A couple other things. Cole, we didn't see Selton Miguel there at all, did we? Or he not Selton, pardon me. Um, Siri Lewis. No. We didn't see him at all. He was he's injured. He's injured, yeah. yeah. He's so injured. he's done. We didn't even see him. Lingard didn't practice. And then Masood, real deal, 100%. All the hype we're hearing, I believe it 100%. He can score. He can shoot. He's quick. Dean Wade, round two. I think easily. he fits Weber's mm. system a lot better than he did at Wake Forest. Oh, yeah. He played the five at Wake Forest. Yeah, they yeah, they were at, well. Yeah, there was a rebuild. They were asking him to do d- different things, but him in that stretch four is going to be great. Great. He's going to have to defend probably at a higher level than he ever has. Something Dean did exceptionally well. The two things Dean does exceptionally well is defend and pass. That's really what made Dean Wade's and find soft spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you did in my heart. <laughs> You're too kind. Jack just checked out. He's still thinking about dump trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Last question comes from El Camino Cat once again. Who are the starting five and top three off the bench? Oh, we're still on hoops. Man, we, El Camino went hoops on us. I like it. Bring it on, baby. Uh, who are your starting five? Pack at the one. Oh, then, really? Yeah, it's okay. hot take right okay. there. Do you, do you have like an alarm sound effect you can put on there? I could, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to work with it. I already have to leave out your language early on. <laughs> That's all you get. Uh, my girl, Smith, Masood, Bradford. You're starting my girl. Yeah, I think, I think you kind of have to have him on the court just to start okay. the game. I disagree with you totally, but he will start. I mean, I, Bruce will start him yeah. out of loyalty. Yeah. I think, and I've said this now for two-plus years, if Mike McGurl's in your starting lineup, you're not Big 12 level. Who would you put, Selton McGill there? I don't, he I can don't be your fifth-best guy that's there for energy. I think he's I'm the okay fifth, with that. I think he's the fifth-best scoring option on that team on that on starting the, five. Sure, but see, sure. you, you've, you've said exactly why I want him off the bench. Mm-hmm. He'll bring that leadership, True. that calm, and a scoring ability and a defending ability off the bench. And when he was at his best, that's what he was asked to do. So I'm not sure who I put in there, but. I mean, uh, what about Luis Cologne? How many minutes a game did he play? 15. But he started. He started. So. Well, he, keep in mind, he only played those minutes because he typically, if he'd played 30, he would have had 17 fouls. <laughs> <laughs> Three of them intentional. Uh-huh. One of them included a punch. <laughs> so. I mean, that's just. That's typical a big, big That's typical big guy minutes, though. For when you start right. a big guy like Luis was, you play him early a little bit, but then he kind of plays sparingly when you need him. It's all about the start of the game there. And I don't think Mike McGurl's a start of the game guy. He's that first guy off the bench, I think. I, I think one guy we haven't talked about yet, and I forgot to mention him when we were talking about practice, is Marquise Noel. Yeah. He is I quick. I don't want to say that he's gonna be better than Nigel Pack. Because if I think if I say he's gonna be better than Nigel Pack, I am completely over exaggerating how good he actually is. So Caleb Williams is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Let's just say that for backup point guards, Marquise Noel 
He should be your sixth man. Best in the country. Well, wow. Well, he's, he's got not a backup point guard. I would I, yeah, right. fully anticipate him to be on the court at the same time yes. as Pack. At yeah, times. He, he is the primary point guard when he's on the court. That's all he can do. I mean, he's, he's three foot two. And I would not be opposed <laughs> to seeing Noel and, and at the one and Pack at the two. I mean, no, we, I think that I think that's their intention. That's what I just yeah. said, yeah. That, be on yeah. The court at the and, same time. Mm-hmm. and you look at Bruce Weber teams, he's best when he has two point guards on the floor, which is a new thing. And maybe he considers Mike that. I don't consider Mike a point guard. But I, I'm intrigued. They have options. They have options that don't include guys that we hoped would improve enough to be good. And that's a shot at the sophomore class that didn't come back. It's a total shot. They're all. Have fun, Missouri. Have fun. That's it. Isn't, isn't it? it awesome to see Curtis Kelly? Cool. Oh yeah, he's all. He brings Kurt. so much energy. Just, he out loves K State. He loves it. I love Kurt so much, and and I I can't wait to see him. I haven't seen him yet. Um, I've seen him at Lucha. Yep. I'm, I know. I'm God. I'm a homebody now. Get off my back. Come see me. Yeah, Zach Kurt, was there this weekend. Uh, I wasn't. I hope Kurt's <laughs> a guy that um, finds a home here, and. Um, and I don't mean like physical home, but can you sleep in your like guest house? Bedroom? Yeah, and like, <laughs> like even if his coaching career didn't take off, life in Manhattan flourishes for him because you know he's he's from New York. He's he's talked about some of the things he needs to stay away from. So I, I love Kurt. He's I loved his game. He was he had this. Usually I don't like casual guys that come off as casual. But he had this, he was so cool about it. And I was like, I'm going to step out here and just shoot this 18-footer. That's what Davion's turned into. Don't be surprised when he shoots the ball this year. I love Davion Bradford. That dude's a beast. It's a beast. Got a dump truck. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.